Welcome to our Unveiled podcast. My name is Susie and I'm the host of this show. We are an extension of the Women's Life Ministry at Harvest Bible Church in Windsor, Ontario. And our goal is to help women live, truly live throughout this difficult time season in our lives, but also beyond. Being fully alive, regardless of our circumstances, can only happen through Jesus. And so we are all about giving God glory and loving on the women that are listening and equipping them to live for his glory. And so on this podcast, we're going to talk about everyday events that women experience and everything we discuss will be through the lens of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I've asked Sandy Drew to join me. I've known Sandy, I thought it was 20 years, but she corrected me by saying it's been 24 years, eh, Sandy? I know, I know. It's been good. She's been with us from the very beginning of our church plant. She was on the launch team. And Sandy's been our faithful worship leader from the very beginning. It's been so good. She's a has this beautiful way about her. When she leads, the room really is filled with grace and thoughtfulness. Uh, Sandy herself has been through some turbulent times, but her faith is solid and shining. Uh, at this point, Sandy, you've been married. How many years have you been, you've been married now to Paul? 12 years. 12 yeah. years. Wow. And Sandy has four children. Mm-hmm. The first set are twins, which in itself is incredible, right? <laughs> and she is a part-time teacher, but has taken time off to homeschool her kids right now. And more res- recently, she's actually started leading a small group for our women. And so that's uh, just a little bit about Sandy. You can see she's very active. And so by the end of the podcast, I'm sure you'll know why I asked her to join me in our discussion today, which is uh, reconciling, resolute, and rest in our mission. And I just want to affirm that on this podcast, we uphold the biblical, uh, biblical authority of God's word. We uphold the biblical design for men to be the spiritual leaders of their homes. We hold strongly to the male leadership of our church, knowing that God has set apart godly men to be the elders of our church. They lead us and they guide us. But as women, we too have been called to be on mission. And so we want to talk about that today. We know that as women, we too are called to be bold because our mission to build God's kingdom is an urgent one. And so one of the examples in in God's word that always stands out to me is Abigail, which is uh, a story, an account you can find in 1 Samuel 21 or 25, If you haven't read that before, feel free to check that out later. But Abigail is a bold woman. She's active because she ultimately knows that her greatest mission in life is not to please people, but to honor her God. And so she was willing to take even a physical risk and the risk of rejection for the glory of God. And so here we are in our current situation in our North American culture. And I would say we've become very comfortable with passivity. Would you have noticed that, Sandy, by oh, any chance? Definitely. Yep. Um, as Christians, really, for most of our lives, we really haven't had to be very bold or even to really understand what it means to live lives that are set apart. As long as we live our comfortable lives, we we can faithfully go to church and we can be obedient. And there have been too many uh, difficult situations where we've really had to stand up boldly. Yes, personally, little relationships might have had friction. There might have been some awkward moments in high school if you're a Christian or in university or with friendships. But for the most part, our Christian faith has been pretty easy. 
And all of this, along with our wealthy country that we live in, has really shaped us to be people who desire peace and love and joy, even at the expense of our of compromising. Uh, our greatest goal really is to maintain unity, even at the cost of truth. And most of us wouldn't like to admit that, but that's how we end up living our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that grieves me. It grieves me when I see our society, especially our Christian community living that way. It grieves me because I know my myself, I can look back at many times when I myself have have been that way. I've, I've been willing to compromise so that I could have unity. And that's not what God has called us to. And so I think we really need to ask ourselves and to be honest, uh, even if it hurts, and say, am I the kind of person that wants to have passive trust in God or an active trust? And I know that even in my own life, it's sometimes hard to even admit it to myself when I've messed up. But I also know that to acknowledge this and to repent of my sin helps me to be in a position where God can reset me and equip me and transform me to be on greater mission for him. And so God's word is filled with lots of different scriptures. And we have to look at the whole of God's word, not just at one particular passage. Right, Sandy? Right. Because uh, as we look at the whole of scripture, we, we get a better understanding of this whole concept of rest and being resolute. And when I say resolute, I mean being actively mm-hmm. resolved to be on mission for God. Mm-hmm. And so, Sandy, I'm going to be asking you some questions later about how you implement that rest in your life. Because you come across as such a, a restful person. But like I already described <laughs> you, you've got lots going on, right? Yes. Oh, Would yeah. you say every day is is pretty busy and full of activity in your uh, home? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Very busy. Yes. Especially four kids at home and... Um, you know, a busy household all the time. Yeah. 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 But you've been on mission, raising your kids for the Lord. And I know I personally have been so blessed by seeing your kids be bold in their faith, even in these recent times, right? Especially in these recent times. I feel like um, since March, when things shut down, um, Paul and I were really able to spend so much more time with the kids mm. and discipling them uh, more purposefully to um, to be the light to the world. And um, we have one child especially who's quite strong-willed, and uh, just seeing him and his character develop um, to be bold for the Lord has been mm. very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any examples you'd like to share with it? <laughs> uh, okay, so um, the first Sunday of our second lockdown, when we went into gray, I've shared this with a few people, but my um, my oldest son was taking Pastor Aaron's class, the civics class. And in that class, he learned about the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and he got a photocopy of it. And so that first Sunday, when we went into gray and we still met as a church, um, I was leading worship, and I look over, and my son is standing, and he's got his jacket on, and inside his jacket, he has this folded up piece of paper. It's a charter of rights and freedoms and he's ready. He's ready. I love it. (laughs) So you have put your kids in a position where they are equipped to stand boldly for their freedoms, Mm -hmm. not so that they can have their own rights or so they can have their own personal wishes met, but because these rights have been put in place for us so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do. 
And your kids understand that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That kids are making the decision to stand firm in their faith, regardless of the consequences. And as our listeners know, probably most of them know that uh, our church did get charged and there could be uh, upcoming court cases this year, actually in the next couple of weeks for that. We don't have a date, but that's what um, it looks like could happen. But we were willing to take that risk for the purpose of being active in our faith. And so we we look at lots of different scriptures. I wanted to look at a few scriptures on rest and a few scriptures mm-hmm. on on being resolute and active to give us a broad picture of what this looks like and how we can reconcile these two. I don't think they should be in opposition to each other. And then I just want to really hear from Sandy uh, about how she actually put this puts this into practice. I think you'll be blessed. And so as I look at uh, the word rest in the Bible, uh, the very first time it comes up is in Genesis 2 verse 2, when it says that God rested from all of his work. And so we see a biblical pattern being set here. Rest comes after work. We also see Jesus modeling the same concept. And I've got three different passages that really model this well. In Mark 1, 34 to 39, it says, And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And so here we see Jesus, first of all, healing and uh, healing the sick and casting out demons. And then he rises early in the morning um, while it's still dark so that he can pray, be fueled back up. And then immediately after that, he's called to be on mission again. Once again, in Mark 6, verse 30 to 31, the apostles this time, they returned from doing work and they returned to Jesus and told him all that he had done and taught or they had done and taught. And Jesus says to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. Once again, that biblical pattern of of being on mission, being active, working hard, and then going away by yourself to a quiet place. And then lastly, Luke 5, 15 to 16 says this, But now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to quiet places, or he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. And so over and over again, we see this biblical pattern where we're active and on mission, but then going away to a quiet place to pray. But then once again, we're up and at it again. It it doesn't end, right? And so rest and work become a cycle. And we see that we work, we rest, and then we're ready to work again. And to rest is to cease from work. But it also is very intentional, refueling through prayer and being in the presence of God. So very important. Um, and then, of course, we we have examples of being actively resolute. And um, the first example I wanted to give was the example of Daniel, Daniel 1.8. It says, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And so here we see Daniel, first of all, resolving in his own mind. But then 
he actually puts it into practice. He takes the risk of asking the officials for permission not to eat the food that he didn't want to eat. Uh, very important to understand this. Uh, 2 Timothy 2.4 says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. So always being ready, be ready to preach the word, right? Mm -hmm. We don't give up. We don't get lazy. Always be ready. And sometimes that can convict me. Sometimes even, I guess, going grocery shopping, especially before all of this, mm -hmm. was kind of my place, right? Yeah. Like I just go and it like I'd, you know, unwind and just browse around. It was kind of my quiet place. And uh, sometimes I'd forget to really engage, you know, the, the cashier, whoever yeah. was, you know, helping me check out. And I feel guilty about that sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you just want to shut it all off. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. And yet I'm always supposed to be ready. And yeah. so I need to remind myself to be friendly, to make that eye contact mm. with, mm -hmm. with the cashier when I'm just trying to unwind yeah. and find that place of rest. Right. So um, mm -hmm. And then of course, um, we have James. James, the book of James gives us lots of convictions. And uh, James 2, 18 to 22 says this, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is no God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, to the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? By works of faith was made perfect, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. And in so, in no way are we trying to say that uh, we are, are saved by good works, but our good works evidently follow. Mm -hmm. Strong call to actively be willing to obey God to whatever extent, right? And once again, uh, Abraham, the thought as mother Sandy, I know we can't even imagine the thought of putting our child on an altar, right? No. And yet he went to that extent. Wow. That's, that's a call. That's a, a, a conviction to me to, you know, be willing to surrender in greater ways yes. to the Lord. Yeah count the cost, right? What we're going through now is nothing compared to that, right? Not yet. Um, and so Sandy, once again, I just wanted to say you're a mother of four. You recently started homeschooling. Uh, you're a key leader at our church, particularly in worship ministries, but also in small group ministries. And yet you have this peaceful soul about <laughs> you. You're active, but peaceful. So how would you describe being at rest in your soul? Ooh. <laughs> um, well, that's, wow, that's kind of you to say that, that you, that you see me as a peaceful person. Um, and I think I can relate to what you say about, um, about maybe missed opportunities to be more bold mm. in your faith for the sake of unity, or even for the sake of fear of what somebody else might mm. say. And that has always kind of been my default. However, um, being at rest in your soul, to me, it means being in fellowship with God. Mm. And when um, you feel that unrest kind of coming to the surface, like even driving here mm. to do a podcast, that makes me really nervous. Mm. Um, but I just, you know, I just prayed. And just mm. like we did before we started, 
God, this is for you. This is for mm. your glory. And we want to give this to you, that this would reach other women and, and um, that you would use this as an, as an opportunity to draw others close to you. And so even just having a, a quick prayer conversation with God, um, it takes the pressure off and, and brings that rest back. And when you're in God's presence, everything in life is just so much better. It really mm-hmm. is. Even during a pandemic. I was just talking to my husband the other day that when you're right with the Lord, um, you know, the kids' laughter, it sounds mm. so much sweeter. Even, you know, the sunset is more beautiful. You appreciate the gifts that maybe you wouldn't have noticed otherwise or taken for granted. Mm. And it says in Isaiah 26, 3, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And obviously that peace and rest is hindered if there's any unconfessed sin or Mm. if there's bitterness or pride in your heart, if you're fearful or if you haven't had that intimate time with God Mm. and just been in his word. Yeah, very good. Yeah. And I personally was blessed even just a few moments ago when we started this time with Mm -hmm. prayer off record, but we we prayed. And then you just said, well, the pressure's off. That's right. What a great reminder, right? (laughs) We can put so much pressure on ourselves, but we've prayed. So let's put our faith into action. Just say, hey, the pressure's off. That's right. And let my life be worship. Yeah, Let this be to glorify God. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So in those times, because I can only imagine there's times in your life when you're so busy or there's maybe some chaos in your home. You have four children, so I can't imagine it being otherwise. How do you bring yourself back to that place of rest in the midst of all the activity? Ooh, yeah. So for me, uh, worship music mm. has always been um, what ministers to my soul very quickly. And I think, you know, in saying that, it's very important that um, that you think about um, the lyrics and the songs that you choose, that they are sound biblically mm, and scripturally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you kind of alluded to this. I went through a really difficult time in my 20s. And I just remember having a playlist on my iPod. And when I would feel really overwhelmed or upset or sad, I would just get in the car and go for mm. a long drive. I'd turn it way up and and just worship. And sometimes I couldn't even sing mm. because I was crying. But God used those songs and those lyrics to keep my heart softened toward him. And I learned how to worship through pain. Mm. And I learned in a way um, that I couldn't have learned otherwise, that God was always with me. Mm-hmm. His presence was always there. Another time that I can think um, that worship music really, um, really helped me was when my kids were really young. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, and you know, you, you had young kids as well. Mm-hmm. And I had three kids under the age of two. And, you know, you're not getting sleep at night. You're tired all the time. You're not going to set an alarm and and wake up (laughs) early (laughs) and uh, go open the Bible, you know. So and when you do sit down, the kids all flock over because they Mm. they need their mom. Mm -hmm. They need attention. And um, it's a very exhausting season. But during that time, worship music would ground me. It Mm. would bring me back to where my mind would be stayed on God. And the same thing is now, you know, when I feel like things are getting a little bit out of control, if my kids are fighting or whatever it is, um, if I put on worship music, that's immediately, it makes me stop. Mm -hmm. I take a big breath and I can refocus my heart Mm -hmm. and my mind. 
Good. I think that's so important to know how to do that and to to catch ourselves mm-hmm. when we do start feeling either emotionally or spiritually uh, in a place where we don't have that rest or even in our home. Yeah. We we notice as women, we notice it very quickly when things are disorderly, whether it's, yes. you know, disorganized <laughs> cupboards or closets or whether our kids are kind of misbehaving. Yeah. Yeah. When there's disorder, we want to be quick to recognize that so that we can bring that order back for the right. glory of God, right? Yes. Not to be controlling. No. Because as women, we can fall into that trap mm. as well, mm. to being super controlling and that definitely doesn't set the atmosphere of a godly home that's either. That's not peaceful, right? yeah. No. No, that's not peaceful. Either. Yeah, because then we're trying to control it ourselves yeah. rather than bringing it back into order for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Sandy and I were talking a while back. We actually like to go for walks once in a while. We don't live too far from each other out in the county. And so one of the things we can do during this uh, these this season of our life is go for walks. And so we were talking about the fact that we're both peace-loving people. Mm-hmm. We... Um, we don't like to cause disruption. We like to have unity in our relationships. And yet there are times when we have to risk that. And so, Sandy, how do you determine when to be active in this battle for truth and when to just wait on God and let him move? Mm-hmm. Well, I can speak as a worship leader. Yeah. Awesome. So when I show up on a Sunday morning, I am ready to do battle. Mm. Because worship is warfare, right? Yeah. And the worship and praise of God gives us victory over mm. the enemy. And we should never be surprised when we have a bad sleep on a Saturday night mm-hmm. or uh, we're trying to get to church and, you know, maybe a fight happens or, you know, when mm-hmm. those when those stumbling blocks come in our way, on our way to church to worship with our family. It says in Ephesians 6, 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So we have to remember that it is a spiritual battle mm-hmm. that's happening. And our church has gotten so so big, it's mm-hmm. wonderful. But I don't know everybody's story. I don't know mm-hmm. where everybody's coming from on a Sunday morning. And it could be a place of rejoicing. You know, mm-hmm. maybe, um, maybe somebody came to know Jesus that week, or it could be somebody's there and they're struggling with a broken relationship mm-hmm. or depression or somebody that they know is sick. Um, so as a worship leader, I have an idea and I have a plan for how the morning will look, but we try to show up with an expectation that God can and that he will do more in the hearts of his people mm-hmm than we will ever know about. Mm. And we want to give God Sunday morning with an open hand that he can, that he can take over. We're prepared for anything. Yeah. And I love those mornings where God shakes, shakes Mm. it up. Mm -hmm. Right. We had a power outage a couple months ago and it was just really, it was really exciting. Actually. We saw God um, be praised, you know, even, even though, Right. Yeah. 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 And that's once again, humanly speaking, we want to put everything in place. We want to do things with excellence. Mm-hmm. But sometimes these things happen. They're out of our control. Yeah. And what are we going to do? Just, you know, stop doing what we're doing? Stop our worship? Or are we going to continue? And yes. That was a beautiful Sunday morning where we saw 
you just take action and we're like, we're going to continue worshiping. Right. We don't need technology. That's it helps, right. That's but right. we don't need it. Yes. Right. And I love how you said that worship is warfare. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it goes both ways. And you, you described that, how when we are worshiping, we're going to often face spiritual attack in our own lives, right? Like those difficult time yes. rides into the church. There might be conflict or sleepless nights yeah. because Satan's trying to disrupt what we're about to do. Right. But at the same time, as we worship, it helps us to overcome that and be mm. victorious as well. I loved how you described that. Such a good reminder. And that's the case in all of our lives. When we are on mission, when we're serving the Lord, we can and should actually expect some spiritual attack. For sure. And uh, Satan doesn't like what we're doing, so he's going to try and stop it. But as we're faithful, as we obey, we see God doing great and mighty things beyond what we could humanly accomplish ourselves right and so it keeps us going mm-hmm. because we're on mission for him and so you kind of described this already but is there anything else that you wanted to add in terms of like what waiting looks like for you so when you're active in the battle but you're also waiting for the lord did you want to add anything to that did you have anything more there or yeah you know um i think that waiting is it's not doing nothing Waiting is a daily surrender to Mm -hmm. God. It's praying for opportunities. It's trusting in the Lord and his sovereignty and Mm -hmm. his plans. And it's knowing that he has always provided. He's not going to leave. He's not going to leave me hanging. Mm -hmm. It says in Psalm 27, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so while we wait... God uses that time to build our faith, Mm. to strengthen our hearts, to give us courage. And we can look to Jesus because he had a perfect balance Mm -hmm. of worship, of work, and waiting. And he's the ultimate example for us to follow because he submitted himself in obedience to the Mm -hmm. Father's will. Absolutely. And that's key, right? Doing the Father's will, just like Jesus did. Absolutely. And that's when we have to be constantly walking in fellowship with him. And you had mentioned that earlier as well, because yes, the Bible gives us um, biblical truth and it it has commands and exhortations on how we are to live. Mm -hmm. But what we're facing right now are some unusual times and God's word still guides us in that truth, but we need to be seeking his presence to help us to know how to accurately apply God's word to our current situations. Right. And, Uh, so yeah, it it it's um, walking with the Lord so important to to be in step with His Spirit, to be unified with other believers, seeking their their counsel as well and their mm-hmm. their advice, and and then ultimately, once again, I'll just say, uh, as a church and as women, trusting the leadership of yes. our church, God has called them, set them apart, and then be praying for them because they've got a a big calling. Especially uh, right now, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. It's not not easy, but yet we also know that we have that victory. And so, I just wanted to kind of conclude here with uh, with a verse, an exhortation, and um, this is what it says. It says in First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast. And we talked about that last week's podcast. Steadfast is to be unwavering. And then, of course, it says to be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that 
in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. So sometimes we get tired. We don't see the immediate results. And even right now, as I think about what we're battling right now, I think, you know what, maybe even in our generation, we might not even see the full results, but if we're equipping our our children, the next generation, Mm -hmm. it's worth it. And Hebrews 11 is, you know, the Hebrews hall of faith, right? That talks about so many people in God's word in the Old Testament that lived these great lives of faith and they did not see the fulfillment of their faith, but they remained faithful. Mm -hmm. And that encourages me that even if I don't see the fullness of what we're fighting for now, I know that God's going to use it and he's got great things in store. So that keeps me going, but kind of got off track there. It says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and move while always abounding in the work of the Lord. And so when we see the little word, therefore, in the Bible, you probably heard this before, then we have to ask, what's What's it there for, right? (laughs) And so the verse just before that says, or the verse says in uh, verses 54 to 57, they say this, death is swallowed up in victory. Mm. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so there is an urgency in our lives, in our mission. We are not called to be idle, but to always be abounding in the work of the Lord. The message of the gospel is at stake and it's it's a time where we cannot be passive. We have to be active. We have to let Uh, the world around us know, the people that we come in contact with know that we have a message of hope. Mm -hmm. We have a message of uh, good news that Jesus can save and that Jesus can sanctify and redeem. We need that hope more than ever. And uh, so we need to be active all the while taking those times away to refresh in prayer and in the presence of the Lord. And so, Sandy, you've done a beautiful job of just reminding us of that through just personal examples. So thank Mm, you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I just uh, thought if our listeners want to study any more on this concept of what it looks like to be uh, on mission for the Lord, uh, they can study 2 Corinthians 20, verses 15 to 23. It's a well-known verse that says, Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And so uh, it's a verse that we're familiar with, but I encourage you to read the rest of that account and just get a, gain a deeper understanding of what it means that the battle is not ours. It doesn't mean that we sit back and let God. Right? We're still active as God is, is working it all out for us. Uh, so, yeah, be encouraged to do that. And uh, I hope next week you will all join us again as we continue our discussion on being resolute and rest or reconciling resolute and rest as we discuss the concept of stress and anxiety in our lives. So thanks. Have a great day. I just also wanted to give a shout out to my daughter, Abby. It is January 15th and it is her 16th birthday today. So happy Happy birthday, birthday. Abby. Yay!